0: Hello everyone, Tom here. Before we get this episode started, I did want to give a big shout out to our friends at Precision Pro. Phil and I actually had the opportunity to get a couple of NX9 slope rangefinders sent to us, and we are able to test them out this past weekend out at Snow Hill Country Club. Also a shout out to the Millers who you may have heard on episode 3 of the podcast. The course was in fantastic shape. It was a lovely day for golf. But the rangefinder was was very accurate with the yardages. Being able to use that slope feature to get the yards with the slope was fantastic as well. It was quick to lock onto the pin and quick to get those yardages. Not only that, the magnetic grip that you can stick the uh, the rangefinder on the side of the golf cart was very convenient. And just overall, it's a fantastic product. Um, so if you have not heard also Episode 8 of the podcast with Clay Hood, the CEO and co-founder of Precision Pro, if you uh, you know wanted to learn more about their products as well as the company in general, definitely go check that out. But just wanted to give a big shout out to Precision Pro. If you want to go support them, visit precisionprogolf.com. Definitely consider going out and supporting a, a great local golf company in our area. But now, on to the episode. <music> Alright, everyone, welcome back to the Second Shot All American Golf Podcast. I am your host, Tom. As always, here with my co-host Phil. Phil, how are you today?
1: Tom, Tom, I am doing great, buddy. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. First off, before we get started here, I did want to thank everyone who's been listening to our past few episodes. Um definitely also give us a follow on Instagram if you want to, you know, see anything that we put out at SAA Pod. Um, that is the best place to find us, and uh, we do appreciate you following us so you can see all the uh, all the content we do put out. Absolutely. We do put some good stuff out. Please keep an eye on our
1: updated stuff and uh, give us a like, give us a shout out, whatever you need to. If you feel like you've done something that needs to be called and uh, put to the public, let us know.
0: We'll be happy to do it. Absolutely. So today we have a uh, very good guest on today. Um enjoyed our conversation with him. It is JD Fletcher. He is a he's the head men's golf coach at Earlham College, you know, just up the road in Richmond, Indiana. I think it's like a about an hour ish hour 20ish from from Cincinnati, um Cincinnati metro yeah, that's area. Fair. And um also is a coach with the Mark McDonald Golf Academy. Great conversation. Um you know, looking forward to everyone being able to hear that. But first our shout outs for this week. Phil, you want to get us started here? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, shout out the Metropolitan Amateur
1: Champions. We're going to go ladies first. The 106th Metropolitan Women's Amateur Champion held at Ivy Hills Country Club. Have you ever
0: played Ivy Hills, Tom? I have not. It looks cool. It lo- kind of looks like almost like a, a Link style. Or li- I love all the heather. I love the way they frame it with the heather from what I saw in the pictures
1: yeah i i played uh played turpin there in high school and found the heather quite a bit so uh <laughs> a, a very a very very different look very hilly but a hilly links course. but back to the champion susan glaspie was the champion of the 106th metropolitan women's amateur championship so congrats out to her and the 112th metropolitan amateur champion was alex Doss, and that was at Cincinnati country club, Cincinnati country club is a course near and dear to Tom's heart and my own. I, I was tempted to try for it this year, but just couldn't pull it off.
0: Yeah. I believe he's, uh, at NKU. I believe, I think he, I forget who he played in the finals, but he played a guy out of Cincinnati. I do remember that. Yeah. 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 Very,
1: very well represented, uh, final four. I believe all division one players or former division one players were in the final four this year. So, uh, very good tournament at a very nice golf course, and uh, congratulations to Susan and Alex.
0: Tommy Sullinger was the uh, the guy who played in the, in the finals. D- d- I wanted to get that right. Just make sure to throw that in there.
1: Oh, absolutely. What a guy.
0: <laughs> My shout-out for this week, the Southern Ohio PGA. Back on June 1st, they ran – they called it the Play Yellow Birdie Bash and uh, raised money for – the Children's uh, Miracle Network Hospitals and Southern Ohio PGA Reach Programs—they raised two hundred thirty-eight thousand seven hundred five dollars, which is incredible. Um, we were happy to just donate even a little bit to the the, the Team Gilligan and Doug Wade uh, team. Uh, our, our episode two guest Chad Gilligan, go listen to that if you have not heard. But uh, what an amazing, <laughs> what an amazing tournament to ho- to raise that much money for, for hospitals as well as, you know, other programs is, is, is incredible. They played that up at Kinsale, uh, golf club, correct? Yeah. You have to remind me about the day that I had to play up there and just get beat down by that golf course. Don't you?
1: No, I, I was just saying you, you and I were, you were helping me practice for a U.S. open right. qualifier. Right. And then we, we played it all the way back. And, uh, if there's one thing Tom does not like, ladies and gentlemen, it is a uh, golf course tipped out over seven thousand yards.
0: It was not only that, but it was not super warm and it was windy. And it was very wet, if I remember as that well. That too. If I don't get roll, it's not looking good from over seven thousand yards.
1: <laughs> that was a uh, that was a tough front nine. We started to figure it out on the back nine, but that front nine was. Uh, it it looked like we had driven from Cincinnati to Columbus or Powell, I should say, right. which is farther than Columbus for us.
0: Right. Um, but again, shout out to the Southern Ohio PGA. That it seriously is awesome. Um, you know, we're we're happy to to, to give you a shout out for that. So now on to our conversation with J D Fletcher. Enjoyed everyone. All right, everyone, please welcome our next guest. He is the head men's golf coach at Earlham College, as well as a golf coach with the Mark McDonald Golf Academy. Please welcome J.D. Fletcher.
2: How are we doing, gentlemen? Looking forward to the conversation.
0: So if you could just maybe get us started with, you know, what got you into golf and really kind of what led you to the positions that you're in today?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, so I grew up in Dublin, Ohio, uh, northwest Columbus. Everyone's familiar with Muirfield Village. Um, so kind of just growing up in the basically Jack Nicholas era, uh, if you will, and, uh, kind of just growing up in Dublin, you just latch on to golf clubs. Um, and my parents were fortunate uh, enough for us to be members at uh, the country club Muirfield village right across the street. Um, and then ever since I was 14 years old, I was in the caddy yard at Muirfield village. Um, so just fully embraced myself in the game, um, right in the, like the young teens, uh, age group. And, uh, just from there, went on and won three state championships at Dublin Jerome, uh, then went on and played at uh, Miami of Ohio uh, under Zach Cedric, um, who recently just got a new job at Notre Dame. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, and then uh, after that, I decided I was not good enough to go play professionally. So decided I wanted to stay in golf because uh, working nine to five on the phones did not sound very uh, interesting to me. Um, so I got an assistant pro job under another Miami golf alum, uh, Dave Martin, who is the head pro at uh, Pittsburgh field club. Um, it should be a top 100 golf course. Uh, it's a hidden gym in West, Western Pennsylvania. And then along with that, I was also fortunate enough to work under Dan Rogers, who was the uh, head coach for the men's and women's team at Carnegie Mellon. Uh, he had both programs in the top five um, right before COVID hit. I really thought we were going to win a national championship on both the men's and women's side. And, uh, kind of working with those uh, student athletes that uh, projected me or uh, got me into getting a head job kind of back home to where uh, my fiance's family's in Oxford. Um, this is just kind of where we want to be in Richmond's 30 minutes north, miles of golf 30 minutes south, so pretty neutral location for both jobs and uh, just really excited to have my own team right now and uh, I get to keep teaching as well.
1: There's not a lot of people who can say they won three state championships yeah. in high school golf,
2: much less Ohio state. We, we golf. Not individual, not individual teams. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, that,
1: that that's still impressive. I never got to play Scarlet, and I know Tom yeah. hasn't, but he's he's a Michigan fan, so we'll leave that <laughs> off the table. But yeah. that was um, rude. You
0: didn't have to just put me under the bus like that. Well, uh, you, its my you own problem. Like I, 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 have to, I have to deal with it. It's my own it problem. Is. It's fine. <laughs>
1: So winning those state championships, did that really kind of lead you into pushing your career into college, playing college golf, or was it set in stone before that? Yeah.
2: So essentially if you play high school golf at Dublin, Jerome, you're going to play division one or division three golf, no matter. Like our guys on our our six and seven man or one or two men on the B team, are going to Otterbein, Wittenberg, uh, Denison, schools like that. And, um, we were graduating two to three division one golfers every single year. Uh, Charles Mersbacher is one of the best juniors, uh, in junior golf period in the class of twenty twenty twelve, 2012. Um, the Howard brothers both went on and played at the university of Cincinnati. Um, he'd be another one to talk to a little Cincinnati native there. Jared Howard. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just kind of instilled in me that, uh, I, I came, I, I'm in a really good golf program, uh, in high school, and this is what I want to do going forward. Um, Um, I love the game. The game's given me so much. It got me into Miami of Ohio. It got me my fiance, who uh, I don't know how some ladies deal with golfers and golf coaches because it's super stressful uh, when you come home with all the uh, workload and all that stuff. So um, yeah, golf's given me so much, and uh, I wouldn't rather I wouldn't be in any other business. To be honest with you, I don't know what I would be doing if I didn't have golf.
0: That's fair. Was there any reason why uh, Miami stood out to you? I mean, did you have any other looks? More than any other places?
2: So Miami goes way back. Um, so I'm actually a pretty big hockey player and hockey fan. And I went to the hockey camp there in sixth and seventh grade. Um, fell in love with the campus at middle school. Then I wrote Coach Zedrick. Um, I only wrote two college letters uh, when I was in eighth grade, handwritten. I wrote them out to uh, Donnie Dar, who is the head coach at Ohio State at the time, and uh, Zach Zedrick. And I believe both of those coaches still have the letters, too. Um, so I was really determined in either going to one of those two schools. Um, I really liked the smaller campus uh, kind of vibe at Miami of Ohio, and I really liked where Coach Zedrick was taking the team. Um, currently, uh, one of the guys that played with Patrick Flavin is uh, killing it on the Corn Ferry Tour right now. Um, so Zedrick's really been able to develop a lot of players. That was another reason why I wanted to go there. And uh, I also knew in the back of my mind I was going to be a college golf coach or an assistant pro at a super high-end club, and I knew learning from uh, Zach would uh, really, like, pushed me up to where I wanted to get to learning all of his secrets and all that good stuff.
1: How has this influenced your coaching style?
2: Um, Playing for Zach or? Oh,
1: just in general, uh, knowing that you were going to be moving forward with a career in golf. How does that kind of motive? How do you use that to motivate your kids or how do you do that to motivate yourself?
2: Well, at Miami, I was I was the guy who was at home every week and I was the guy who was in the lineup every week. So I'm really able to connect with these guys in terms of um, if I'm a guy at home and I really want to get in the lineup, what do I need to do? How do I be patient? Uh, how do I kind of take advantage of an opportunity that's in front of me to get back in the lineup? Um, Cause being at home is, it sucks. Um, the first thing you want to do is just get back on the road. So being able to connect with the guys like that, I definitely call myself a player's coach. Um, I can still play myself. I've just got done playing in the Ohio open Shot seventy seventy nine. Didn't play too hot the second day. I got pretty tired from the heat. Right. Haven't played in a tournament in a while. So, um, but yeah, I definitely call myself a player's coach. Um, I'm I'm very vulnerable with my players. I want to have tough conversations. I want to be honest with them because I really think that's the only way to get things done. I hope that. Is that your your question there?
0: Absolutely. So, J.D., could you talk to us a little about Earlham? I mean, I, we actually both played at the Mount, and uh, I don't know if you've Maybe. met Coach Sparhawk yet. Uh, he's oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Joe. Coach Joe has uh, he's been very welcoming uh, to me and the HCAC. The uh, we actually have impressive <laughs> coaches now, too, with uh, Justin Teresco taking over Hanover as well, who was a Louisville assistant before that. Um, so I, I really think the HCAC is headed in the right direction in terms of golf right now. Um, but Coach Sparhawk has been uh, – very very helpful to uh, me. Just some young guy coming in, and uh, uh, he was helping me with my home event, at Harbor Links. So we were, were always chatting about recruits, uh, talking about hosting a spring event uh, in the spring of twenty two at Houston Woods. So um, I saw you guys were just out there the other day. It was awesome. Yeah, this is the first, it's, time, it's, it's
0: it first time out there.
2: Yeah, yeah, they just aerated the greens like a month ago, or maybe more than that, and it's been it's much better. Um, so we're going to be doing that, and uh, yeah, coaches, coaches, is an awesome dude.
1: Say so you can uh, you can tell him he's going to be probably the elder statesman out there. Uh, I, yeah, I think Coach Lane has him
2: by a year or two. But. Yeah, he's he's rapidly becoming that uh, father figure of
0: the HCAC. <laughs> <It's like, laughs>
1: Tom and I, Tom and I, had to play against uh, Justin Teresco He whooped up on years. us.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Yeah, I had to play Ooh, with player. four rounds with him in the uh, conference tournament. That was a very humbling experience.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, J.D., transitioning into um, your coaching with the uh, Mark McDonald Golf Academy, could you just talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that, basically what you do, and maybe some of the types of players that you guys coach?
2: Yeah, so um, I coach anyone from a novice golfer to uh, Scotty to who plays at Miami of Ohio. Um, so kind of all over the spectrum in terms of handicap, scratch golfer, college golfer, junior golfer. Yeah. Um, and we we really like i was saying take a very holistic approach of everything um we use the app coach now or essentially after every lesson you're going to get a lesson overview of uh, what you did going over video drawing lines you can leave notes in there and then miles of golf has done a very good thing as well they've put tripods in every single bay in the range so my clients have no excuse to send me videos in between lessons because I mean, half half the people I would teach at the country club, they would literally only practice during my lessons. So um, it's good to have the feedback and um, constant communication through that app. Um, along with that, we have three TrackMan. Uh, Mark has two and I have my own. Uh, we also have Capto uh, Putting Precision Technology, which is an Italian uh, putting software. It's essentially like TrackMan, but it goes a little deeper um, down the rabbit hole, if you will, more of a coaching tool. Um, so we, we really have everything we need there to become uh, just one of the better academies in Ohio, in my opinion. I mean, Mark's basically booked out now a month in advance. So I'm really happy for him. And Mark and I go way back as well. We were both Dublin boys, uh, played the same middle school, played the same high school, both played at Miami. And then he actually coached me for one year at Miami as well. And along with that, I actually hired him as my swing coach when I was a sophomore uh, to the present time right now as well.
1: I, that's a huge amount of technology used for some of your players. How, how do you measure the amount of technology you want to use with certain players?
2: Of course, again, uh, use the term rabbit hole there, uh, <laughs> software and uh, technology can do that with some guys that want to, some guys really want to dive deep into it and know the why, uh, which is why, um, I think it's just pivotal to have and just to validate yourself and what you're saying. Um, the good thing with Trackman is you have tile selectors, uh, to choose the parameter you want. So if I'm talking with a player who's got, who's a 25 handicap his paths into out seven degrees. I can throw that big minus seven up there on the TV screen. And just that parameter, we can, I can just be like, okay, Bob, let's try to get this thing more in out. Let's try to get this. Not so aggressively to minus seven. Now you can play some functional golf, having a path that's minus three, but if you're getting into double digits and stuff like that, that's something we got to take a look at. Um, but I mean, it's usually player preference. Some, some uh, clients can kind of handle all that information and some uh, just kind of, we need to dumb it down. Maybe you just use one tile. Let's just talk about one thing, talk about the why, and then I can use this technology to validate what I'm saying to the player. Another thing I do too, is I'll swing a seven iron. Okay. At 90 miles an hour, I'll do one swing that has a path of minus 10 or swing direction of minus 20. That ball will go 140 with tons of side spin. Then I'll do another swing with the seven iron at 90 miles an hour and I'll have a draw path and it'll go 180. And I'm like, okay, those swings were the same miles an hour, but one ball went 30 yards less and the other ball went 30 yards more. So what are we talking about here? So like, this is the why we need to kind of fix this and using those tools just helps immensely.
0: So besides like track man, like regular technology, is there any other training aids whether it's noodles or maybe it's another training is there any other training aids that you kind of are like go-tos for you
2: yeah sure i love that question it's a great question um so i'm a big mac o'grady fan i don't know if you guys know the legend mac o'grady right and left-handed
0: he was wasn't he yeah, scratch? Exactly. he was scratched both ways
2: yeah so yeah exactly no he did q school left-handed yeah that's I pretty crazy q <laughs> um but yeah um and I just like going down those rabbit holes of different philosophies. But um, going back to your question, he, Max uh, always said, like, to have a great lesson, all you need is three alignment sticks, a video camera, and a TheraBand for your trail elbow. And, um, I'm, I mean, I rarely am strapping on the G-box to someone or the plane mate. or, uh, I mean, I, I, use a lot, I use a lot of noodles and alignment rods. Um, I kind of want the player to do it on their own. Um, and kind of develop some feels like, let's do this super slow, super exaggerated. I don't care where the ball goes. Like, let's just see if you can actually make a change here. Um, let's take these next five balls to slow it down, exaggerate the feels. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm rarely using training aids. Um, I mean, you can get all my training aids at home Depot or Walgreens. It's an alignment rod and it's a pool noodle. You stick into the ground and put the pool noodle over the alignment rod and swing under it, swing over it. Put it in different ways to where you have to miss it um so those are that's kind of what i use um i'm a big fan of the swing guide as well um that's a an attachment that goes on the grip really helps with wrist conditions um i actually use it in ways that it's not meant to be used for so like if someone needs to feel width, i don't know if the users will be able to see me it's um, but if someone needs to feel width, they won't feel attached but if they need to feel more hinge or radio in the backswing, they'll feel it attach right away. Um, so I, I really like using that device. And um, in terms of putting, I, I mean, basic tees where you can set up gates and start line drills, uh, eyeline mirror, putting arc, um, anything like that, I'm a huge fan of.
1: So you have so much knowledge and you know how to simplify the information. How does this affect you're recruiting are you looking for a certain style of academic player or are you just looking for the athlete what are you looking for right yeah
2: there? so so at Earlham College our uh, mission statements are the safety and wellness of the student academic success and competitiveness um so I'm kind of looking usually no more than a 3.5 or above student that's kind of what I'm looking for first um and then basically I just want to know if they if they love golf like they they're coming here because they love golf I don't care like what you shoot necessarily. Cause I know in two years, I'm going to be able to develop you with my background and success. I've already had working with players at an extremely high level. Um, so I just want someone that's not going to, it's going to get their stuff done in the classroom. They're going to make our team GPA go up. And then after that, let's see how golf fits in second. And if you love the game, I'm going to be able to take that to new heights that you've probably never seen before.
0: When we're at Earlham college, do you guys have like any, like, I think I believe I've seen you guys have like an indoor facility and you know, yeah. what, I mean, I know Richmond's not too far away from us. I mean, what, what golf courses you guys play at out there?
2: Yeah, so we have we have a course of about four rotations. Um, we have Elks Country Club is two minutes or two miles off campus. Then we have, we just added Liberty Country Club, um, Liberty, Indiana. We host our home event at uh, Harbor Links, which has, they've been awesome to us. Um, I love that design too. I think um, that that place has a ton of potential and it's been in really good shape this year. Um, And then we also play at uh, Dyer State Forest Hills, Forest Hills Country Club in Richmond, Indiana as well. Um, So those are kind of the four courses we play. Um, And then we might sneak down to the Oxford area, play Indian Ridge, Houston Woods. Uh, Like I said, we'll be hosting our home event next spring in Houston Woods. And this fall, we'll be hosting one at uh, Harbor Links. I'm going to get a chance to play Harbor
1: Links here late summer, early fall. So I'm looking very much forward to that. Um, You... Are rather young. You're going to be the young guy yeah. as the coaches, and I—I'll I, make sure Coach Sparhawk cares that again. But <laughs> how how do you step into your position knowing that you're probably going to be the younger guy in there? How does that kind of put your mindset into things?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, here's the thing. I mean, I've been researching the golf swing and how to get better since I was. 16, 17 years old and try to surround myself with the smartest people in the game, whether it's going to the Scott Calp certification, going to the PGA show, just asking tons of questions, uh, good questions, not trying to waste people's time. And um, I mean, I think age at the end of the day is just a number, especially like in this country, I truly believe if you work hard, you can just achieve whatever you want. And that's just kind of in my mindset is just learn, work extremely hard. Um Coach uh, Trascio always says I work too hard. <laughs> that's just kind. Of, <laughs> <laughs> that's just kind of my motto. It's just learn as much as I can, and uh, I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm young, but uh, I'm going to work hard to fix them. And that's um, just work hard. And that age is just a number. And, I mean, I like being the younger guy and having a chip on my shoulder, and uh, making Coach Sparhawk uh, a little mad. Maybe if he gets beat by the young guy. <laughs>
1: I say I'm a huge fan of the young guys coming on and taking charge. I don't get me wrong, I love that. It's sometimes people don't understand that it's it's a pretty big step, but you're wise beyond your years. And we're we're happy for you, definitely for sure.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. So JD, I, I did want to ask, and you've kind of you've touched on it pretty much this whole conversation, but yeah. why coaching? I mean, you obviously, you know, you were a caddy at some point. I saw that you even caddied for your buddy at I think I said the web.com or well corn ferry tour now, obviously, to a tour finals. Yeah. And um yeah. and there's other things, you that know. Why, my- why 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 coaching?
2: Um people also ask me, um, like why do you not do lessons like the pay cut? between lessons and coaching is decently significant. And um, basically I just love being around a team environment. Um, I want to change young men's lives and maybe even um, young women's lives. If I ever end up taking over like a woman's job someday, which I would be totally open to. Um, And I just, I want to mentor. I want to teach. I want to, I want to be around high caliber players. I just want to get 1% better every single day. Um, That's just kind of where my passion and heart kind of lies is. Is within coaching and playing hockey and golf. I've always latched on to the coach. You can ask any of my previous coaches, whether it's hockey or golf, always just kind of asking them questions. uh, What's their philosophy? Why'd you make this decision over that one? Um, I've always just been kind of a, a coach at heart from a young age. And that's just what I feel like I've been put on this earth to do.
0: I love it. Now, getting into we'll get into question uh, the two questions we ask everybody, but before I, I've seen just um, you use Instagram a lot and social media to promote and a lot of your work. You know what yeah. is it about social media and, and why? How do you use that to your advantage and, and and talk to us about you know maybe how people can follow you on there as well?
2: Yeah, of course. It's uh, at Fletcher's Fairway. Um, I created that account in when I was a sophomore or freshman at Miami. And Coach Zedrick was not uh, particularly about it either. Um, But I knew deep down that this is going to help me in the future. And it honestly is my coaching portfolio, if you will. And when other people see these massive improvement, quick improvements, my results from my college players, um, I just had a college player become a Jack Nicholas recipient, uh, Jason Lee, who uh, is playing in the North South right now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just your coaching portfolio, or resume, almost, if you will. And um, I try not to give out too many nuggets because I want people to come and see the nuggets. And <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I just, I just, it's my portfolio. Um, I try not to do it a ton because, um, you know, the, the world today is just like kind of, there's just so much on social media, and I, you don't want to be fully invested in, like, have it take over your life, if you will. Um, but uh, I definitely use it as a coaching portfolio and uh, just seeing other high profile coaches uh, like Jeff Smith, radar golf pro giving out uh, a peak of his sessions with Victor Hovland. I think it's the coolest thing ever that he even does that. And that Victor even lets him do that. Um, So, I mean, I think it's, I think it's awesome toolbox. Uh, I think the mid to high handicapper could go down some rabbit holes, trying to follow all these guys and figure out what's good for them. Um, And that's kind of where a a high quality swing professional can kind of help you. And, And one thing I will say too, is when, when mid and high handicappers are looking to maybe dive into some lessons, um, they really need to go to someone who, who does this full time. They're not, they're not in a shop 30 hours a week and then they're giving that ninth and 10th hour when they're off the clock lessons. You want to go to someone that's kind of devoting 24 seven. This is what I do. I'm I'm here to make you better at golf. Um, That's just kind of how I think how people are going to get better is you're going to people that are doing this full time and, um, kind of devoting their whole livelihood towards it.
1: Now, Eddie, you're obviously a well-rounded coach. We all have, as golf coaches, the, our our strength. Where do you do your most effective coaching? Is it on the driving range, on the course, on the putting green? Where's it at?
2: Yeah. Um, so, at miles of golf, we don't have necessarily quick access to a golf course, but we can put up TrackMan holes and stuff. We can play Pebble Beach in two seconds, which is pretty awesome. Um, But um, I would say, like, I'll take two questions because I have two jobs. So, like, I would say I can fix a slicing handicapper in, like, almost five minutes, give them a feel where they can go play on the golf course and start drawing the golf ball pretty quickly. Um, But um, I feel like my strength is is walking with players in college events. So my coaching style, going back to Earlham, is um, I walked with David Hong uh in the HCAC conference uh championship all for three days. And uh he had his best tournament finish of the year. And this was a guy that was shooting 88 uh in the beginning of the year and almost was all conference uh that last um go. And uh Coach Barhawk was like, You want walking with Dave again? I was like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh so that's definitely one of my strengths is just uh walking with players, going over course strategy. I, I'm a big fan of decade Scott Fawcett. Um, really a disciple of his stuff and uh, I think it truly works and getting the players to stay patient uh, focus on the process, focus on the now, be where your feet are I think all that stuff really goes a long way and just trying to avoid them from projecting any type of uh, future occurrence
0: Love it so final two questions here first off, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of your favorite courses to play in the Cincinnati area?
2: Ooh. So I've always been a big Macatima fan. Dave Barr runs a great, great uh, operation over there, um, and another Cincinnati track. I've yet to play Cincinnati Country Club, but I've heard that's a nice gym. Uh, Heritage Club, Mike Murphy, uh, that's a great one as well. We did a lot of qualifying there at Miami. Uh, Mike's been great to the Miami golf program too. So uh, I would I'd definitely go with Heritage Club. It'd probably be my favorite for sure.
1: Are you a fan of Skyline by chance?
2: Oh, big time!
1: <laughs> all right. So, what, what, what is the infamous skyline
2: yes, order? Of little, uh, two conies, no onion, and then a little spaghetti and cheese action, and then extra crackers. I send it. That's one, <laughs> okay. one, 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 one occurrence. If I, I feel like I earned it after a day of lessons.
0: So, but just the spaghetti and cheese, though, not the chili on the on that.
2: No, well, you got to try it sometime.
0: It's like no, I, two or three. I, I can buy into <laughs> it.
2: Yeah. It's uh, oh, it, a little hot sauce on there. Mm.
1: Especially if you're wearing your golf stuff, you don't want that chili splatter all over that polo. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right. Well, JD, we appreciate you coming on again. Follow him at Fletcher's fairway, correct? On Instagram. Is that right? right? Yep. 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 And then, uh, you're out at the, you're at miles of golf most of the time. Is that correct? Is that fair to yeah. say? Uh,
2: summertime is Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Um, and then once the season gets going, all my focus kind of turns over to Earl and uh, Getting those guys to win an HCAC conference title.
0: Well, good luck. We hope the Mount gets there first, but we're rooting for you as well. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: gentlemen. All right. Thanks for being on, JD. Bye.
0: Hey everyone, Tom here. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Second Shot All American Golf Podcast. Please don't forget to like our Facebook page as well as follow us on Twitter and Instagram at S S A A Golf Pod. If you have any questions or feedback, please reach us at secondshotallamericanpod at gmail.com. And if you could, just please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll see you for the next episode. Thanks, guys.